We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Amanda Schneider. Amanda is an award-winning international speaker and trainer who is passionate about supporting vision and mission-driven entrepreneurs learn how to communicate more effectively and deepen relationships in their network. She combines her unique experience from over 20 years in the corporate education and direct selling spaces to deliver and facilitate powerful and transformative training and coaching to her clients. The loves of her life are her husband, three boys, and three dogs. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lori. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited to have you, especially since uh, relationships and networking seems to be the, the core of your mission and, and purpose. Absolutely. That's what it's all about to me. <laughs> so what experiences in your past ultimately led you to doing what you're doing today? Well, uh, you know, for me, it really started back when I was in high school. Um, for me, you know, my middle school and high school years were a bit tumultuous. I, I didn't have a, a great time at home and we had a couple of moves and I just never really felt like I fit in anywhere um, except for my ceramics teacher's uh, classroom. And when I would go into that classroom, he just created this safe space and that it was like I could take off my energetic armor and just be me. And he helped me feel seen and heard and helped me gain confidence at a time that I didn't have any. And it was that experience that I realized the importance of relationships, the importance of, you know, quality communication and uh, sadly, it took me a couple of years after high school to uh, realize what an impact he had on my life. And the I remember the the day that I realized that and thought, you know what, I'm going to go back to high school and visit him and thank him and just let him know, you know, that he made a difference in my life. I kid you not, hours later, I found out that he had died in a car accident and oh. I never had the chance to thank him. Oh. And he was just a major reason why I went into teaching. Um, and in doing that, I realized I have this love of facilitating connections, whether it be a person-to-person connection, a connection to some new content outside of you that makes a difference or a connection to something within. And so that really was the the driver and the start to why I do what I do today. Love that. What a great story. Um, so let's talk about relationships and and marketing and how they all work together and really um how does marketing coordinate with sales and how are they different and you know when you look at um traditional prospecting and sales versus really building a relationship with someone um speak to that a little bit if you can Absolutely. You know, I I started off, you know, my sales experience when I got, you know, involved in a direct sales company. And 
you know, I, I started my direct sales company, like I'm sure many other people do. I, I loved the product and I wanted to make a difference and share it with other people and did not necessarily have great experience or, uh, experience, uh, um, just great experience with sales. And, you know, it was share your message next, 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 eventually you'll get a yes. And it just, it didn't feel good to me. Um, I didn't like the, the way that I felt. I didn't like the way that other people responded and it just never felt authentic to me. And so when I discovered this concept called relational marketing, it really resonated with me. And so when we deal with traditional sales and it's all about, you know, to learn a little bit about the person spend a lot of time talking about what you can give them. And then you spend even more time, you know, overcoming objections. And it it, it seems like more of a convincing type uh, experience with relational marketing and, and, and prospecting. It's spending a lot of time in the beginning, developing a relationship, building trust. And then through that, discovering and uncovering a need. And by that point, that trust is there. Uh, the relationship is built. So it's a very easy transition into the sales uh, conversation. And it just, it's, it's more authentic. It's more service-based. And uh, for me, that was what really mattered in making the difference. I 100% agree with you. I think that's the, the right way to, to conduct business and really the evolution of sales is almost requiring this today, especially with the constant bombardment of spam <laughs> in, in, in yes. the inbox and the snail mail box. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like we've grown into this, you know, community of just being skeptical all the time. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> when is it going to be that you're going to try to sell me on your product? You know, mm-hmm. you've got a new friend request. You've got a new LinkedIn request. Okay what's your pitch, you know? And I don't know if you found that, but that's definitely what I've found. It's been very, very much, it's challenging. That's for sure. Oh, I, I agree with you hundred <laughs> <laughs> um, percent. Yeah, it is. It, it is. I'm very curious why people connect with me on LinkedIn. And and I flat out asked that question, you know, what, why did you want to connect with me? And if someone does go right into the pitch, I have zero interest in continuing the conversation with them. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so let's talk about referrals. If a business owner isn't getting the referrals that they want, what would you recommend they do? Yes. So, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, networking. And one of the, the things that I teach is actually building more of a referral base for your business because, you know, the, the act of getting a referral from somebody, you know, you're you're borrowing somebody's trust, right? Like if, if you've got this interested connection and somebody recommends a product or a service to you from somebody, you've got this trust in your existing relationship. So then inherently you have a trust in that person. So getting referrals for your business are, you know, so much more uh, lucrative, you know, your customer will be more willing to, you know, buy more from you, stay with you longer, refer business to you. So referrals are extremely important. And one of the things that I hear a lot in networking situations is 
I go, I show up every week and I'm not getting any referrals. And really there's like five steps to the referral process. And I think a lot of us were, were not taught that when we go into business. And, you know, the first step in the referral process is, is trust. And it's a big step and it takes time. And it's that first, you know, getting to know each other, um, doing what you say you're going to do, showing up consistently, adding value, you know, really coming to, to be a productive, you know, valuable member of that community. Uh, after that is business knowledge. Like, do people in your network understand what you do for your business, how you do it, any intricacies? You know, one of the common things uh, I was talking to an insurance uh, a, a, an insurance broker, and he was like, I get all these referrals for, you know, life insurance and different forms. And he goes, and I deal with cyber security <laughs> insurance or something like that. And mm. Well, members in his network simply didn't have the business knowledge. So making sure that your networking partners have knowledge of your business. And then from there, it's like making sure that that person has a need. You know, I think we so often want to help people in our network that, you know, a, a common example I give is, you know, on Facebook, if you see somebody post a picture, you know, with their cup of coffee saying, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. And I say, oh my gosh they need this health and wellness product. I know it. I'm going to connect them and refer them. Well, the person with the cup of coffee may not realize or have a desire or interest in that. So there really isn't this process in uncovering a need. And then the fourth step is actually edifying your referrer. You know, it's, it's, it's a big difference to say, oh yeah, I, I met, you know, uh, Sam last week at a networking event and he does insurance and, you know, maybe you guys will connect versus, wow, Sam has been in the insurance industry for 10 years and he's had all of these awards and he's very, very passionate about making sure his customers do this. He's just this great guy. I think he would be a great connection for you. You know, do they know how to edify you? Do they know how to introduce you? And then finally, the final step would be making that referral. So, while a lot of us think making a referral is just this easy, like, hey, I know a person, uh, there's a lot more that goes into that process and being able to teach people in your network how to refer to you will give you more quality uh, referrals as well as, you know, grow their confidence in being able to refer to you. Yeah, I love that. I think that's extremely important is to, to teach them how to refer and educate them on what are those buzzwords or trigger statements that someone might say that, that you know, should light, put the light bulb off that goes, oh, I know who you should talk to now because of what someone's saying. So almost letting that referee qualify or disqualify themselves as a good candidate to be referred to someone. Yes. I don't know if a referee is the right terminology to use. <laughs> I just kind of made that one up, but. Um, I, I kind of like that. I, I like that. A, a referee. In my head, it looks like it's spelled like referee, but. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a, a, a refer dash EE or something. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, that works. So, um, Obviously, the show is on networking. We've kind of dove into relationships a little bit already. But can you share with our listeners uh, one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? 
Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about this and it, it actually came to fruition very recently and started last year. And I, I think that goes into the value of networking and that it is a long game and it is about building those relationships and building that trust. And so for me, um, you know, I created quite a community and, and network, um, you know, participating in in the direct selling space that I was in and, you know, really making sure that I showed up and, and added value and built those relationships. And I shifted into becoming a trainer for a sales methodology a, a couple of years ago and had let some people in my network know and that I was excited about it. And somebody, um, one of the leaders for the network marketing company up in Canada caught wind of it and said, Oh my gosh, we need a trainer for our, you know, uh, international conference, would you come up and, you know, train on stage? And, uh, you know, she had learned through the grapevine and the network that, that I was doing that and had reached out for that connection. And so that ended up, I went up and had the opportunity to train in front of 1200 people, which I got to tell you, was terrifying, <laughs> but <laughs> very exciting. Um, However, a person, uh, one of the participants in that audience had watched the training and was interested and never really did anything about it. And then about three months later, reached out to somebody in the network and uh, found my name and we ended up connecting. And uh, that was back in January of this year. Never met her in person, but we started um, collaborating over Zoom once a week. And then she brought in three other women that were in her various network that she had made connections with. And through the course of this year, we collaborated and just uh, launched the Women's Impact Academy um, several weeks ago, which uh, is just, I'm, I'm so excited about. And I was thinking when I was looking at this question, I'm like, all of that started with you know, networking and building those relationships and connections. And it's just, it's fun to see where they go. You know, mm -hmm. you just never know. So, yeah. And that, that's the beauty of, of networking is oftentimes you don't know what the end outcome is going to be, but you, you just kind of keep moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you do to continue to nurture your network and your community? Well, I think I, one of the biggest things is, you know, the consistency and showing up. Uh, you know, if it's a networking group that meets every week, showing up week after week and, and being there um, to nurture those connections, it would, you know, it's the, I love, I've heard this, it's called the platinum rule as opposed to the golden rule, right? Like, like the golden rule is treat others the way that you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. The platinum rule is treat others the way that they want to be treated. So I always make sure that I go to those networking events with the, you know, this kind of givers, givers gain kind of mentality. Like what can I do for them? Who can mm -hmm. I connect them to? Who's in my network? You know, what value can I add? And just always showing up with that mindset and, you know, making those connections as they come about, um, you know, doing things like if I see something, a, an article or a piece of information that would benefit them and their business reaching out, you know, there's all sorts of little build, uh, relationship building activities that you can do, you know, send them 
a little postcard or something to commemorate something or thank them for, for a referral, those types of things. So really it is about looking at that relationship as, I don't, I, I don't want to say a friendship, but, but it, it is, it's a, it's a business relationship that, that does need to be nurtured. So it's going above and beyond and doing those special things as they come up. Definitely. I agree. Um, keeping tabs on, and some milestones or, or the special events, like you said. Yes. So what advice would you offer the business professional who is looking to grow their network? Well, I, I'm definitely uh, a believer in the uh, one-to-one connections. Um, you know, with the relational relationship marketing training that I have, we talk about this concept of, a complementary business owner. So what are industries that are complementary to what you do? So as you know, they may have the same target market. Uh, however, you know, if your ideal customer buys something from them, it's not taking money out of their pocket to buy something from you. So, you know, an easy example of this would be a realtor and a, a mortgage broker, you know, something like that. They're complementary businesses. So making those connections, whether it be, you know, through LinkedIn or there's there's other options that are out there now, but setting up those one-to-one uh, conversations and, and they can be quick. They can be 15 minute, like, hey, tell me about what you do. I'd like to tell you about what I do. Let's see if there's any points for collaboration. Um, that is where I have found the, the most quality connections. Second would be taking a look at, you know, and maybe doing this periodically from time to time, taking a look at your networking opportunities. What networks are you a part of? You know, and making sure you've got some variety there. So, you know, kind of doing this little analysis on a networking group. How big is it? You know, how often do they meet? Do they have people there that have access to my target market? Um, And then, you know, within there showing up consistently. And again, it it is time consuming, but again, it's that long game. Hey, you want to have a, now a, a virtual coffee date? Let's have a quick conversation, you know, get to know each other, see, one, do we like each other, <laughs> right? Like, if you're going to have a, a, a relationship with a networking partner, you want to like them. Um, but yeah, make sure there's some alignment there and, you know, get to know more about each other. And, and once that connection's there, it's a lot easier to, you know, kind of keep them top of mind and, and grow from there. Yeah, I think that's great. I like the idea of kind of diversifying your groups too, and not just, I mean, there's, there's definitely something to be said about, um, investing time in an organization to really build some strong relationships, but at the same time to, to grow and and meet new people, you have to step outside of your comfort zone and, and, you know, diversify where you are trying to meet people from. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's, it's really easy to get comfortable and, you know, I, I, one of my networking groups, you know, before COVID, we were meeting in various areas around town and there was a lot of exposure. Uh, Post-COVID, we meet once a week on Zoom and it it tends to be, you know, the same give or take 20 people that show up every week. Now, if that was the only networking effort I was doing, 
that wouldn't be very productive. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's different types of networking groups for different needs and yeah, absolutely. Making sure you have a variety and then being okay with saying, you know what, this was serving me. It's not serving me now. What other networking opportunities are out there that I can take advantage of? Yeah, definitely. Especially like you said, mentioned, um, ever since COVID hit, I think a lot of organizations have opened up their doors and not, you can literally connect with anyone globally. Yes. Yes. There's some great ones out there for very little, if, if some of them are no cost. So being yeah. able to take advantage of those. Yeah. It, it, I've definitely done some exploring, <laughs> I guess you would say, uh, and jumping on some different groups and, um, meeting some new people, which is fun. I mean, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, so many of us as business owners, you know, not all, but a lot of us, we are solopreneurs. And just because you're, you're doing your business by yourself doesn't mean you have to do it by yourself, you know, grow a team, create some, you know, great connections with other business owners. So you're not by yourself in this because, you know, there's just, there's so many great relationships out there and connections that can be made that really add to the depth and satisfaction of being a business owner. Totally. So Amanda, I'm going to make you think about your 20 year old self here for a moment. What would you tell yourself (laughs) to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, it, it, you were paying attention to my uh, my my uh, bio introduction. I've had quite the journey. I started off in, you know, the corporate world. I quickly decided I didn't like the politics and went into education. Uh, became a classroom teacher and then stayed home. And then it was, what am I going to do now? And that's kind of my step into entrepreneurship. And even that, you know, I started in direct sales and then I went in, you know, to do a different, a couple different training methodologies. And I, I would say, you know, <laughs> I've had a very winding journey. Uh, And I'm grateful for every step along the way because, you know, being able to look back and connect the dots for these meaningful, you know, experiences, that is, you know, value that I can offer to my clients. That's value that I can offer to my networking partners, you know, all of these different experiences. So I think I would tell myself to worry less about, uh, the changes and embrace the changes and just have confidence in, in the journey that, you know, and we never grow up. I I just realized, you know, a few months ago, I think COVID has, you know, shaken up a lot of us (laughs) and made us reevaluate things and, you know, either confirm and affirm what we're doing or maybe shift gears years and kind of pivot a little bit. Sorry, that's an overused word this year. But yeah, um I'm trying not to say that one anymore. <laughs> I know. It's because it was out of my mouth. I'm like, wow. Ah. But um, you know, it's a journey and I think we're so fortunate and that's the the fun part about entrepreneurship and you know being business owners and being able to, you know, adapt and create and show up how we want, have that freedom and that flexibility and mm-hmm change is not always comfortable, but 
I have found in my life, while there's been a lot of painful moments, good has always come from it. So For sure. Embrace the journey. A hundred percent. And we're all on one hell of a journey right now, aren't we? <laughs> oh, yes, we are. <laughs> all right. So um, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. If you could connect with one person, um, who is it? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> so my person, she jumped to mind right away would be Jen Sincero. She's the author, if you've not heard of her, of You Are a Badass. And then I hope that's okay to say on here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, it, it's a book title. Um, but yeah, and then she wrote You're a, you're a, a Bad Person at Making Money Too. Sorry, not bad person, but... I don't even know what the other word for that is, but um, anyways, I digress. She, I read her book, gosh, maybe four years ago now, and it completely changed my life. Um, just her tone of voice, her presence, her just authenticity. Um, I will say I, I have her book on Audible as well, and I cannot listen to it in the car with my boys. I keep having to say earmuffs. So if if profanity bothers you, maybe choose somebody else's book. But for me, it just <laughs> resonated with, with, you know, who I am and her authenticity and her sense of humor um, and really had a huge impact um, on my confidence, on my vision, waking me up and saying, you know what, I, I want to do something bigger in this world. I want to make a difference and I can. Why not? <laughs> and uh, so Jensen Chero would be that woman. And I absolutely uh, believe that the six degrees of separation, uh, I, will, I will have a meal with her. Maybe it's virtual at this point, but I will meet her and have a conversation with her one day. Well, I love your confidence in that. <laughs> Do you know the path you're going to take to try to connect with her and, and make that happen? Well, I could take the, the easy path um, in, I, I, I'm not, you know what, I have not looked lately, but I know she was offering coaching courses for a while. And I had thought about taking one of her coaching courses and kind of went a different direction, but I could take the easy route and, and sign up to be a, a client of hers. Um, and I also, uh, I've had these pretty amazing experiences that when I put an intention out there and speak it. Things sometimes work out and happen in mysterious ways. So here is me speaking that I will meet and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Jen Sincero. All right. <laughs> and we'll tag her when we publish this on social media, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Try to get her attention <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> But the world is aware. <laughs> Making the universe aware. Yeah. Yep, that's what it's all about. Putting it out there. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a believer in that. <laughs> Fun. All right. I'm going to give you an opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? You know, I, I would love to hear. Uh, what brought you to doing what you do? That's probably my favorite question of any uh, business owner and, you know, doing a podcast and talking about networks. And I, I know you do, but how did you end up here? 
Yeah, I do lots of things. So <laughs> when when someone asks me that as a broad statement, like, how did you get to doing what you're doing? I'm like, well, I do lots of things. So which one do you want me to talk about? Um, what is your favorite thing that you do? Oh, and why? I, I, that's a that's a deeper question. I don't know. I like variety. You know, variety is the spice mm-hmm. of life. So um, if I'm doing something consistently, I tend to get bored with it. Um, which is not ideal for, you know, best practices is to be consistent in a lot of your actions. (laughs) Um, But I think that's why I love being in the marketing space and agency side, because I work with quite the variety of clients. So there's always a new challenge that I'm being faced with, a new industry, new target audience, new message, new, you know, new strategy to put together. That is exciting to me. I, I've always worked to agency side and I've, um, when I was in high school, I was, I took all the creative courses, all the painting and art classes that were offered to me. Um, started going to college for more um, commercial art and then just over time shifted to being, um, going to school for marketing because I found that it, there's a broader reach what I was doing as opposed to just sitting in front of a computer and designing brochures all day long and commercial art, um, at least in my mind at the time, that's what I was going to be doing. So <laughs> marketing <laughs> is diverse medium, different channels, you know, that's, yeah, love it. Wonderful. Yeah. And I think that's, I just keep hearing, you know, I was definitely an art student in high school too. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the biggest challenge that you find? I mean, to me, and oddly enough, when I was a classroom teacher, I, I, I did middle school math, but then I also did high school marketing. So uh, marketing is such a broad category. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite part of or focus, I guess? Sure. So our, my company, um, we focus in the digital space. I've got experience in traditional, which is super fun, um, but digital, uh, again, more variety. It's changing faster than we can keep up with half the time. Um, One of the things that I really love doing is um, doing research on behalf of our client to really understand who their customer is and identifying the right message that's going to connect and resonate with their target customer, um, which allows us to create a solid strategy, um, helping them to grow their business then. So that just the whole, the all the research and the planning, the strategizing, the brainstorming, that's, that's where I get super jacked up and excited. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's I'm, I'm creating a a new course right now and I'm going through that process of like, okay, who is my avatar? And then what kind of message do I need to develop? And it, it, that to me is just, so overwhelming. So I love hearing you say that. That's amazing that <laughs> I might need to be in contact with you. Okay, soon. <laughs> great. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> Power of networking. That's what it's all about. Find the pain that you're yep. the solution for 100%. Uh, fun questions. Thank you so much for asking. Um, Amanda, do you have any final words of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? 
Uh, you know, it, it's kind of cliche, but uh, one of my favorite things that I hear is your network is your net worth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it really is. And while, you know, developing those relationships can sometimes feel time consuming and there's not a lot of reward, uh, they can really pan out. It may not be months, but even years, you know, just continual continually growing your network, adding, putting the good out there and uh, being able to make connections between people. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, And, you know, so many great things happen from that. So get that uh, net worth up by continuing to focus on growing that network. Yeah, I love that. I think it's a powerful statement. I've definitely shared it um, in my circles, but there's a lot of truth to it. And it's, You have to make the investment in those relationships, right? To to really grow that net worth. All right. So anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they could reach you? You know, probably uh, emailing my uh, business address. My uh, company is called Abundance on Purpose. And so sending me an email at amanda at abundanceonpurpose.com. That is my very clean email address. So no spam, please. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. <laughs> that's great. We'll include that in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I appreciate it. It was super fun. Great conversations. You had some great stories to share for our listeners. Um, All right. Well, this wraps up our episode. A huge thank you to Amanda for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, connect with us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. Otherwise, feel free to send me an email at lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.